0: Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Carl's Roll Coaster Podcast. Hello, dear friends. Welcome back. Happy 2020. Happy new year. Happy new decade. Let's make the most out of it. Let's be brilliant just the way we are. I hope you all had an amazing festive season, amazing holiday season, with your friends and families and beloved ones. On this episode, I'm gonna be talking about the musical heritage here in Britain, what has happened from the decades of, well, from the 50s all the way up to the 2000s. It's basically an essay that I wrote for college, for university, and I find it quite interesting. It's just a sum up of how things went. I hope you all enjoy it and Please do share, please do follow. Rollercoaster Carl. Cheers. Music is an essential part of Western culture. The need and appreciation for music is evident in everyday lives of people, for it's heard in movies, on television, and throughout all forms of audio media. The majority of us also choose to listen to music for pleasure, so it's not surprising, considering the bombardment of music one is faced with, that music can be an instrument of social influence and change. Music is a powerful form of communication. It can be personal, political, opportunistic, and can be self-expressive with therapeutic effects due to the release of emotion. Pop music is an important part of British culture, not just as an expression of Englishness, but as an indicator of the multicultural nature of Britain today. The Beatles first arrived on the Liverpool music scene in the early 60s, creating a huge controversial craze among their fans known as Beatlemania. But there are many different kinds of music that have helped shape British youth. The shape of our society, world politics, technology and obviously the music from the 50s compared to the 2000s has dramatically changed and had some extremely significant moments all the way through. Most people associate rock and roll with the music from the 50s however it did not actually begin until the middle of the decade maybe we couldn't go as far as saying that Louis Jordan otherwise known as the king of the jukebox was the first rock and roller his influence on the genre cannot be overseen. Simply put Rock and roll is a melting of blues, country, gospel and jazz. From the big band music of early 1950s through the middle of the decade into the rockability of the late 50s, the mood was optimistic. The music was fast, full of beats and swing. Once the 50s opened, Fat Domino's blues record, The Fat Man, became a huge hit record. His smooth voice and drummer Earl Palmer, strong beat, Piano and horns were still the dominant instruments by this time. Crooners like Sinatra, Como and Patti Page slowly gave way to artists and artists like Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis and Bill Haley. Teenagers weren't the kids anymore. They had spare money and lots of energy so they bought records and danced. Rock and Roll came to the UK when Bill Haley and his Comets hit Rock Around the Clock burst out from the credits of the 1955 film Blackboard Jungle. It caused riots in cinemas. Teddy boys ripped out seats and danced with their girls in the Ales. Bill Haley took Negro music from the US and gave it a white face. Rock and roll was Negro slang for sex in the 50s America. In the UK, it quickly became the music of choice for Britain's working class youth. It drew immediate condemnation from the older generation. Bill Haley soon had a younger, more sexy rival in Elvis Presley. His first UK hit was Heartbreak Hotel in 1956. Elvis only set foot in the UK once, not to perform though, stopping at Prestwick Airport on his way home from army service in Germany in 1960. He never left the airport, but it's believed he told the locals he encountered, this is quite a country, I must see more of it. Unfortunately, he never did. Rock and roll in fact never did die, but from its roots in the 1950s it blossomed and grew into music from that Bill Haley wouldn't recognize. Electric replaced acoustic and studio overdubbing gave artists freedoms they never had before. Songwriters told stories, genres were being created faster than charts could be made to track them. The British invasion added new names and new sounds to music. Elvis was still king and the Beatles ruled, but there was plenty of room left for a whole lot of good music and nonetheless, a real revolution was about to take place where the term heavy metal would have its origins, having punk somehow in its roots delivering some of the biggest rock, heavy rock artists that the world would probably ever see Although the rebellious idea and the 60s dream had died down shortly falling Woodstock in 1969 famously after an incident and someone died at a Rolling Stones concert There were still many people that disagreed with the establishment and music was a gateway for artists to still speak up their minds, not only for themselves, but for the masses as well. Most people, though, were just looking for another way to vent their frustrations, which helped to give rise to the fun that disco music provided. People may have grown tired of the fighting that happened the previous decade, and many of them sought a refuge in dance clubs and other places to enjoy a good time following a trend of dance music. Out of this idea emerged the disco movement, dominating radio and dance floors by the end of the 70s. The early 70s are dominated by singer-songwriters and soft rock. Glam and Glitter shines briefly on the period. With 12 studio albums released, his first show in the US and the release of Man, the 70s saw Elton John's career become one that rivaled any other in popular culture. It also marked the breakup of the Beatles, having their four band members' impact carried out throughout the decade with very successful careers. Can't not mention the deaths of Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison, all passing at the age of 27. Live albums are popular with huge hits for the likes of Peter Frampton and Kiss. Reggae moves out of Jamaica to become a worldwide genre. You might have heard of a guy called Bob Marley and his band The Wailers. Of course, there is still The bands and artists that continue to speak of the ills of society, typically characterized by the punk music in the latter part of the decade, a throwback to 60s garage rock, in some sort of reaction to arena rock, progressive rock and disco. The Clash, The Damned, Generation X and obviously the sax pistols were on the forefront. Punk becomes new wave as bands move beyond guitar and drums, incorporating synthesizers. Psychedelic music declines, morphing into hard rock, progressive rock, and heavy metal. Touring bands move from playing clubs and theaters to playing sports arenas, big-time bands, many of them formed in the 60s, such as the Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, The Who, and Led Zeppelin, traveling private jets, playing to thousands in arenas and outdoor stadiums. A clear distinction emerges between the top 40 radio and FM album-oriented rock radio stations. Car stereos become common, first with FM stereo radio, then A track tapes, followed by cassette tapes. The diversity of music distribution channels, along with expanding markets, allows for a wide variety of new rock styles to emerge. The 1970s was not a unique decade in terms of creating innovations in musical styles and genres, but it was unique as a musical bridge connecting the hippie lifestyle of the 1960s with the characteristic U.P. lifestyle that was about to occur in the 1980s. Elvis Presley, famously pointed as the King of Rock, died in 1977 at the age of 42. And on that period, a nationwide musical movement was emerging, infused with the intensity of punk rock to produce fast and aggressive songs, with lyrics spawning escapist themes such as mythology, fantasy, horror and the rock lifestyle. This movement lasted for roughly three years between 1979 and 1981, bringing to stardom bands such as Motorhead, Def Leppard, and probably the most notorious of them all, the mighty Iron Maiden. This was the new wave of British heavy metal where theatrics and the twin guitar sound made it to the top of the charts in the UK and in the world. The movement and the heavy metal genre were totally ignored by the media, vilified by critics, with even some of its founding fathers, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, being reluctant to accept it, let alone embrace it. It involved mostly young, white, male working class musicians and fans, who at the time were suffering the hardships of the 1973-75 recession. In other words, it needed a brand new generation of musicians who were willing to embrace it, reinvent and carry it forward into the future. Turns out, Great Britain in 1979 was home to literally thousands of such musicians, some of whom had already been cutting their teeth in rowdy pubs since the mid-70s, and many more who were spurred into action by punk rock's DIY mentality. Local DJs such as Neil Kay and Small Print Newspaper Sounds were pivotal on promoting the new wave of British heavy metal, reaching public consciousness and eventually gaining radio airplay, recognition and success in the UK. And so it was that the new wave of British heavy metal reached a tipping point that fateful year, behind a perfect storm of increasing press coverage, thriving regional scenes and, perhaps most importantly, key releases such as Iron Maiden's legendary The Soundhouse tapes, Def Leppard's eponymous EP and Saxon's debut full length. Coincidentally, these three bands, and the first two in particular, would go on to enjoy the most successful new wave of British heavy metal spawned careers in the long run. This heightened awareness was further fueled by the summer's inaugural Donington Monsters of Rock Festival, nowadays the Download Festival in Derbyshire, which crowned a frankly glorious year for heavy metal packaged tours, often matching old and new guard groups, Motorhead with Saxon and Girl School, Priest with Maiden and so on, to the delight of ever-growing legions of young listeners keen to take up the cause. Ignited by all this, it sparked a ferocious major label signing spree, which saw Iron Maiden link up with EMI, Def Leopard with Mercury, Heavy Petting with Polydor and MCA Records alone snapping up Diamond Head, White Spirit and the Tigers of Pentang, via an upstream deal with the independent Newcastle-based Neat Records. New wave of British heavy metal bands had an incalculable impact on the state of heavy metal worldwide. They simultaneously instigated veterans like Sabbath, Priest, and the Scorpions to renew their faith, while inspiring young disciples both in Europe, Mercyful Fate, Halloween, and in America, where early duplication, Manila Road, Armored Saints, soon gave way to further innovation by thrash bands like Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer. Fast and aggressive music, lyrically and sonically, and metal subgenres, in particular from Scandinavia, would start to surface. Music in the 1980s was all about image, and with the advent and popularity of MTV, which is launched on the 300 US cable TV systems in 1981, and by 1983 is available on 2000 cable systems, the images that accompanied artists became more important than ever. VH1 is launched in 1984 with a more classic rock format. At the time, John Lennon was coming back into the public eye with a new album. He was shot dead by a fan in 1980, just outside his flat in New York City. When it came to music during the decade, nothing was understated. Not the sound, not the fashion, not even the charity. The 1980s reflected the beginning of a period of great income disparity and a focus on affluence was reflected in the music. There were also several new genres that popped up, including hip-hop, new wave, and hair metal. Depeche Mode personified the new wave sound of the 80s, releasing their first album, Speak and Spell, in 1981. Certainly one of the bands that elevated the synthesizer to a major component of the 80s music. Personifying the pretty boy pop acts of the 1980s, Wham! comes in with the duo of Andrew Ridgeley and George Michael. Their debut album, Fantastic, hit number one in 1993. The group would spend the next three decades writing a wave of hits before Michael struck out on his own and became a major success. David Bowie would hit three number one records in the 80s, with the likes of Duran Duran, Cliff Richard, Queen, and Madness all making huge musical contributions. During the second half of the 80s, hair metal bands from Los Angeles were welcoming a huge success and amassing record sales with the likes of Mötley Crüe, Bon Jovi and Guns N' Roses entering the 90s unscathed by what would distort and confront everything that the past decade defined, and that was the grunge. Seattle brought Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam and Nirvana, all groups attaining superstar status in one way or another and disrupting the heavy rock scene, bringing grunge to the mainstream. In the UK, the term Britpop is coined as new bands Oasis and Blur battle for the top of the charts. Singer-songwriters enjoy a resurgence especially for female artists like Nora Jones, Alanis Morissette and Sheryl Crow. Advancements in computers and software allow for digital music creation and recording on home computers. The internet and sound compression allow for digital music distribution, often bypassing the need for a major label album release. The 2000s saw the advent of technology skyrocket, changing the music business in ways no one could foresee. And certainly, the major labels turned a blind eye to. Majors joining forces to defeat Napster in 1999, winning the battle but certainly losing the war in the long run. Steve Jobs and Apple launched the iPod in 2001 and change music consumption forever. Popular music in Great Britain in the 21st century continued to expand and develop new subgenres and fusions. British soul maintained and even extended its high profile. New forms of dance music emerged, including grime and dubstep. There was also a revival of garage rock and post rock, which, when mixed with electronic music, produced new rave. Breakthrough artists such as Adele and Amy Winehouse will always pass the test of time. Rock and metal thrived and are still some of the higher-grossing tours on the planet. And whilst the process of learning, jamming, getting together and making music is certainly less and less, there will always be individuals passionate enough about learning their craft, developing new, fresh ideas to carry on making music, be that whatever genre that might be. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation, this podcast, as much as I did doing it. So, if that's the case... Please do follow on Instagram at RollerCoasterCarl, myself at Carl Casagrande on Twitter, same thing. Facebook, same thing. Uh, Do subscribe. Do subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify. That's very, very much appreciated. Thank you and have a great, great day. Cheers. Bye-bye.